it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello, and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our UFC 273 preview of Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie from Jacksonville, Florida. And Tom Ballam, I've got one important question, which is, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Joe. It's nice oh. to have uh, some big fights ahead of us. Because uh, we were talking just before the pod, there's a bit of a bit of a dearth coming up, a bit of a, a wasteland to traverse until the next time. So we better enjoy this uh, this weekend, <laughs> this fine helping of uh, MMA that we got. I mean, next week we do have Luke versus Bilal Mohammed, so that'll be cool. I think just after that we've got Jessica Andrade versus Amanda Lemos in a main event. So anyway, we'll save that for another time, listeners. Don't get too excited for that just yet. We have got some fine fights to talk about here though haven't we tom um i think both me and you agree that top three fights of this card are particularly impressive yeah we were going back and forth on this a little bit earlier in the week joe and you were saying that uh yeah you weren't you weren't so excited about this card maybe it was a bit weak for um for a numbered event do you still feel like that uh i'd say overall like prelims, early prelims, is pretty weak. Like this is, I, I think it's not that good of a card. It's just that those top three are that good that I'm like ten out of ten excited for pretty much all three of them. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean that's it. That's it, Joe. Like uh, you got to get your your head out the gutter. You got to look at the highlights <laughs> of this card. How much do you want to see Gilbert Burns versus Hamza Chimaev? I mean, that's a ten. That's a ten that's a, right that's, there, Jim. That's a that ten. Is, that's a ten right there. We're we're peaking. I mean, we that's are. that's amazing. Interestingly, I don't know if you saw this, but um, obviously the UFC releases their countdown show, kind mm. of promoing the fights, and they've got each of those three main fights on there. Hamzat Chimaev mm. versus Gilbert Burns is way out in the lead. Nobody is, is. Yeah, nobody's watching the videos for the other guys. It's all about them. Three or four times wow. as many watchers for that. So wow. Didn't realise Gilbert Burns was that popular, but oh, <laughs> hell, pretty pretty impressive. Anyway, Tom, we will get to those three fights uh, very soon. But let's uh, kick off. We're going to do our predictions, uh, listeners. Uh, we will each go through the five fights on the main card, making our predictions for who will win. Um, if we get the fighter correct, we each get a point. And then if we get the method correct as well, it becomes two points. Ten points potentially on offer for us on this card and let's start with what is a it is definitely a lightweight fight between Vince Pitchell versus Mark formerly O'Madson Madsen the uh, Danish wrestling sensation in a way I mean he was at the Rio Olympics he he placed at the Rio Olympics you know he's a medalist absolutely he's a silver medalist Joe Uh, not only that but but a world champion as well another one that is so impressive to be able to be that good at wrestling from Denmark as well which is not like not necessarily a wrestling hotbed it's um pretty impressive and also by the way wrestling in divisions that are a lot bigger than the division that he is fighting in right now like we're talking 180 pounders 190 pounders even wrestled in the world championships so 
he is um he's gonna have to cut a lot of weight to get down to 155 which i'm sure he will do what with that wrestling mindset he who wouldn't dare turn up uh not on weight would he tom that, that would be incredibly <laughs> unprofessional it would joe but it wouldn't be the first time uh he did fight at catch weight before coming into the ufc made mm. it to 166 pounds for that so um could be an omen Ooh. there. How? Uh, what would you say of uh, Mark Madsen's career so far in the UFC? Uh, I would say under the radar is how I would put it. And hasn't had the most stellar of competition, has he? I mean, Austin Hubbard, Clay Guida, those are... I mean, Danilo Bulada. Oh my God, Bulado. Sorry, I'm really sorry. That was That's really poor of me. But um, he's not really had much of a name on there has he or at least a recent name to sort of um put a put a bit of shine onto him um you know clay guido was probably last relevant in what 2006 so uh, did you see you know? clay guido last time out um do you remember the, did, his last his last showing didn't he win a fight a fight for the ages he homer simpson did in the first round Homer Simpson absorbing every shot, face down on the mat, getting pounded out by um, I uh, sorry his name escaped. You can't me, remember his name. That's how good tall, it is. Tall, yeah, that, well, a tall jujitsu specialist, a Brazilian with no striking. About forty years old. Leonardo Santos. That was that's it. it. That's your man. Oh and, god, uh, Leonardo Santos only fights like once every year. Like it's it's, it's such a j- shame that he lost. Joe, it's going to be more than a year after that performance because he gassed himself out, wailing on Clay Guida's head, fell into the trap, and Guida just put it on him. The guy was completely <laughs> gassed, and it was a sloppy, remember this fight. sloppy win for Guida. But talking about a sloppy win, my feeling with Madsen is he, he was pretty disappointing last time out against Guida and kind of lucky mm. to come come away with the split decision there. Yeah, it, he's... Um... I think he has struggled to find ways to finish guys. He finds ways to control guys. He obviously has that, you know, wrestling grip strength that where he can like manhandle guys and throw them around, but hasn't really been able to to mix in any sort of like significant offense. Um, which is why this is what I find quite interesting now is that Madsen's actually moved to America. He's left Denmark. And he's uh, now training out of King's MMA, headed up by Rafael Cordero, who trains Marvin Vittori, uh, Kelvin Gastelum, uh, among uh, among others, um, and has said that he is going to go for a title run, a two-year title run in the lightweight division. He says that he's going to put it all on the line for the next two years. He's moved his family to America and everything, and he's going to try and string together as many fights as he can to make himself a contender. And to be honest... I am here for that. I'm here to see this man add some skills to his repertoire and try and make a title run. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's certainly quite the story. At 37, uh, lightweight, seems like a tall order. Um, But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that dedication plays out. Of course, that run begins uh, on Saturday night against Vince uh, Pichel. Or Pitchell, depending on the uh, where you're from. <laughs> depending <laughs> on how posh to... you are. <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Vince himself is is maybe not a posh man. He's a kind of under the radar 
fan favorite. He's he's rocking the Daniel Day Lewis mustache. Mm. He's straight out of a kind of um, yeah, like Soviet mine, like mm. a working class hero. Yeah. Um, former electrician. He's thirty nine now, Joe, but he's on a three fight streak. Mm. Um, and interestingly for him, um, he when he does go the distance. He does usually win the fight. And when I say usually, really? I mean it's every, every time. If you go to a decision with Vince Pitchell, you've just lost. Um, and actually, his losses on his record are not too bad, guys. We're talking about Gregor Gillespie yeah. and uh, Ruslan Kabilov. Mm. So what since coming two, off... Those two guys have in, uh, what do those two guys have in common, though? <laughs> what? This is just it, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, the... mm. I can tell that you've been doing your research. Those men are wrestlers, much like Mark Madsen. Does that mean mm. that I know your prediction here, Joe? Yeah, do you want me to just lay it out for you? Tell me. Mark Madsen, Mark Madsen by decision. It's, he's going to just... I think he's going to ragdoll uh, Pitchell and uh, just throw him around for 15 minutes, basically. I'd like to see some... You know, see what he can do on the feet, see if there has been that improvement training under Rafael Cordero, but... I think it's just going to be a case of take this guy down and do what you do best and try and get the finish from there. But honestly, I haven't really seen that much of a finishing ability from him. So that's why I'm leaning towards a decision. Well, Joe, the odds odds makers, they don't agree with you. So you've gone for what? a bit of a maverick call there. They've got this as evens. What? I think, uh, yeah, well, I think they watched the Clay Guida fight, Joe, and they've got some serious questions about Mark Madsen. Well, I know where I'm going to be putting my hundred pounds. Then that is uh, really they're you, even. They're both evens, evens. Evens. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So, let's see uh, it. You heard it here first, listeners. Joe, Joe, yeah. putting some money on the line there. Um, yeah. I got to say, like you know, I really, I'm here for that Mark Madsen story. You expect to see higher level wrestlers transition well into MMA. But last time out, Jay, he just wasn't there. He wasn't really able no. to implement much of a wrestling game against Guida, and it really was not up to much on the feet. Um, so I think this is a, a big test for Mark. Uh, mm. Nonetheless, I have kept the faith and gone for a Mark Madsen decision. Interesting. Um, I think I think the only thing that I'll say about that is that I know Guida is the age that he is, but he does have a wrestling background. Uh, himself, so maybe that does play into it. Whereas Pichel doesn't really have that. So well, I don't know. I I, th- I think this is a pretty favourable matchup for Mark Madsen. Well, if it does go to the ground. Before you do put your money on there, Joe, I, th- I could also add that uh, I believe Mark, uh, sorry, uh, Vince Pichel, he has had uh, five fights in which he's been taken down more than once. Mm. Five fights. He's only lost two of them. Really. So easy with that hundred bucks there, Joe. Wouldn't want to see you going poor. It's bad okay, enough, enough. Lose, losing all these championships. So <laughs> I've defended there. Uh, I've parked the bus. That's a tie. Let's move on mm. to Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. How hyped are you for that, Joe? Um, not very, but I mean, it's, Mackenzie Dern's an interesting one, isn't she? Of just like clearly has like a lot of things that the UFC would want in a potential star in that she is a attractive woman who has got a bit of a bit of a funky accent changes on where she is in the world um 
you know, has the sort of martial arts history, you know, her dad being a former BJJ world champion in the Gi. She went on a pretty good run as well before her loss to Marina Rodriguez uh, in a main event, UFC Fight Night main event. I don't know if you saw this, but she said that uh, she was actually injured the week before that fight and was going to pull out until Holly Holm actually pulled out the following week and she didn't want to let the UFC down, so she just sort of toughed it out. A very convenient excuse, uh, I'm afraid to say, for her uh, her loss to Rodriguez. But, you know, I believe her that she actually was sort of had a, a jacked knee. Um, and she's facing off against Tisha Torres, a sort of mainstay of the strawweight division. Um, she's been in the UFC since she was 3-0. and And uh, get a load of this. Her uh, second win in MMA was against Paige Van Sant. Only fans legend Paige Van Sant. And then her third win in MMA was over Rose Namajunas. Um, which Rose obviously avenged uh, many years later. Uh, Torres is currently on a three-fight win streak. Um, with a win over Angela Hill last time. And let me tell you, listeners, that Tisha Torres might have something that could uh, potentially upset Dern. Tom, do you want to take a guess at what that might be? Uh, well, there's a few things that I spot in Tisha's game that, that could um, make her a favour here, but could it be her ability to get up off the mat or to defend takedowns? Getting up off the mat having been trained at American Top Team, being able to do that wall walk off the, the ground, but also the fact that she's got a very low centre of gravity, which is good for takedown defence, which then added with the fact that Mackenzie Dern has horrendous takedown accuracy of 10%. So that's 1 in 10 that she gets. Um, not very good, uh, I must say. But she does have... How many subs does she have on her record? Is it seven? Seven, seven submissions for for Dern. Yeah, I mean, if she does get you on the mat, she's pretty deadly from there. Mm. It's, it, it would be hard to get up from there. Um, but I think Torres might have the ability to uh, stop her from taking her down, basically. It's just whether she's then going to be willing to commit to any sort of offense on the feet. Um Tom, uh, how do you sort of uh, see this fight? How do you, well, what, what do you make of these two fighters, I should say? Uh, I think these two are solidly middle of the pack. Uh, I would like to see Dern press on. I I, I, I like what she represents in the sport. <laughs> and I like to, for, <laughs> for, for the other uh, reasons you've mentioned. Tisha yeah, is, a, <laughs> uh, Tisha is a, as you say, a mainstay. She's quite likable as well. Um, mm. So I think it's a good matchup. I don't see either of them going on from here to uh, threaten the very top of the division. Mm. Um, Torres, actually, the the opposition that she's lost to is is really the the top, the, the credible yeah. friend, people who are putting uh, a run together. Let me just read out a few names here, Joe. Uh, so yes, she lost that fight to Namiunas that you re- uh, that you uh, referenced. All right, future future champ. She lost mm-hmm. then after that to Jessica Andrade, future champ. Yep. She lost to uh, Yedrin Zaychek, former champ. Yep. Zhang Wei Li, champ. Marina Rodriguez, future champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one contender. 
Yeah, so she literally only loses to the very best. Uh, kind of like a Max Holloway sort, isn't it? Because isn't it the case that Max Holloway... Is it Max Holloway that's only ever lost to number one contenders, uh, title challengers or title winners? And isn't it the same for Jose Aldo as well, that they've only ever lost to, to that level of calibre? Not saying Obviously, I'm not saying that she is that good, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a good test, basically, to see, are you of that standard? And the question is, Tom, do you think Dern can potentially be of that standard and beat Tisha Torres? I don't think so, Joe. I don't think so. Yeah, wow. I, 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 I see raised eyebrows. Now, I've picked Tisha Torres here. Uh, I've picked Tisha Torres by decision. Uh, I just don't see Dern being able to put her any the, her game on her. I think Torres has, has got too much on the feet. Mackenzie Dern is, unfortunately, sloppy in the striking department. It doesn't yes. lead well into her into her um, kind of jiu-jitsu game. And actually... Um, Dern has absorbed considerably more strikes on the feet than uh, that which she's landed. Um, I don't even remember yeah. the fight that she eventually won against uh, Werner Yanderoba, but it yes. was it was sloppy. Oh, that was Joe. it was a that was a slop fest. <laughs> it was a slop fest. And Torres, uh, she is a volume striker. She applies pressure, and as you say, she's very very. Um, uh, let's say she got a low center of gravity at five foot one. She's nimble. I, I, don't, I just think it's a bad matchup for Mackenzie. So, mm. what do you think, Joe? I, I, I was actually surprised by that, considering that I have gone for Mackenzie Dern by submission as well. I'm going to go for it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going for it. I, I just, I just saw those subs. And I'm just like, that's too many for me, brother. I've got to go for a sub. It's rare that you get a sub victory on this, on this, in this game, I should say. And when that opportunity presents itself to you. I was even tempted to go with it for Mark Madsen as well, but hey, I don't want to be too greedy. Um, yeah, I'm going for Dern by submission. Um, I was just tempted in by that record, bro. I've got to just... Oh, number Joey. eight, I think. Joey, I think you, She's the you, Paul Craig of the women's <laughs> strawweight division, okay? So, what are you saying? Big T-shirt will be over, over top, landing, raining shots down. I like... <laughs> A la Krilov, and then get caught in an arm bar. Is that how you were seeing this play out? Yeah, fuck it, why not? Uh, maybe an Imanari role. Maybe we should do like a Ryan Hall sort of Imanari role. But then that could lead to like a Tapuria-like moment for Torres and just <laughs> unleash the most hellacious ground and pound you've ever seen, um, which would be something uh, indeed. Um, yeah, I've gone for that. Dern by submission. Uh, I can see that you're a little bit surprised in the same way that I was surprised that you went for Torres. Yeah, keep your money in your pocket, mate. That's all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Tom, we mentioned this fight uh, a moment ago. Hamza Chimaev versus Gilbert Burns. Ten out of ten level of excitement for me. The hype train. It is a chugging, brother. I mean, have you? <sighs> There's something about this rise of Chimaev's sort of profile that is it's just so intoxicating isn't it it's just hard not to be on this train um i'm going to ask you this is there a rise in the ufc that you've seen that reminds you that this uh chimayev rise reminds you of uh in Ghana. oh yeah it's oh that is left field it's- yeah, well, uh, sure. They, of course, they fight with uh, <laughs> very differing styles. But yeah. in terms of the fact that, like, 
you know, you've seen some spectacular knockout and absolute domination, at least in one one element of the sport. A guy mm. who seems unstoppable, who's in Ngannou's uh, case, like his his power was being championed. He hits like a like a Ford Escort or whatever it was. <laughs> and um, in Chimaev's case, obviously, it's the the wrestling game. Um, to the point where you're just completely bowled over and you're going in with Gilbert Burns a four to one against Madness. Gilbert Burns ranked number two at welterweight a man who has uh, well he's beaten some some names and he's on a big streak he's not a man who's been getting ragdolled he's got one questionable loss on his record to Dan Hooker other than that he's looked Damn near as Damn. good as you can look without being Kamara Usman, and he's four to one against Joe. That that's mad. You've also just shat on uh, on uh, on Dan Hooker for some reason, but you know I'll 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 let it slide so, this that's time. Like the second time in three podcasts, I've been go I've been gunning for him for Dan Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, I I I know what you mean. It's it's a bit mad, isn't it? That we're looking at. Gilbert Burns, who has made title contenders, former title contenders, former champions look frankly amateur in this division. Well, let's just go just just go through that very quickly. We're talking yeah. since, since 2018, this man has won seven fights, only losing to the champ. In that run, he's beat Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, the best kickboxer, the best striker in the division. He's yeah. uh, demolished a former champion in Tyron Woodley. And then he's uh, gone through both Gunnar Nelson and Damian Meyer, two masterful mm. practitioners on the mat, and he's gone mm. straight through these guys. How is he four to one against Joe? What is what's so special about Hamzat? I just think it's. Do you know what it is? It's not just the fact that this that Hamzat Chimaev has had four fights in the UFC, and he's been had one significant strike landed against him. It's not just that he picked up the leech in his last fight carried him to the side of the cage and was yelling at Dana to, hey, Dana, take a look at this. I think it's just everything about Chimaev is so intoxicating to the fan base. And I feel like this is one of the few hype trains that I've seen where there's not much anti-Chimaev. You've not really seen it in the way that you saw it with McGregor, where it's just like, oh, well, just wait till he faces... You know, Dustin Poirier, then he'll find out. Oh, he's going to face Chad Mendes. Just wait, you'll see. There's none of that with Chimaev. There is absolutely no pushback to this bloke at all. He is... And I wonder, is it the persona and the history that's making this? Or is it the guys that came before? Is it the fact that you're looking at guys like Khabib, who was just so dominant, that we see that in Chimaev? That that's what we latch onto as well. We latch onto those similarities between those two guys. I mean, Luke Thomas did quite a, a really good video about this, about the parallels he sees between Chimaev and GSP. You know, GSP leading up to the Frank Trigg fight, where it was like, okay, GSP had fallen short in a title shot, but then he built his way back up, and then he had the Frank Trigg fight before he fought Hughes again, and it was like, oh, Frank Trigg, you know, he's top guy, whatever, and then GSP just absolutely dominated this guy. It was not even close. And the thing is, is that it's just something about Chimaev with his, you know, his English, which is only to a certain level, you know, 
every sixth word is smash every eighth word is brother you know there is just something that is so intoxicating about this work and the fact that he just finishes people not a single decision on his on his on his um, record so far I, I I think it's just everything about him that is just so intoxicating yeah, I mean, I have to say uh, it's kind of a teenager's wet dream, right? This whole smashing brother, going to kill him uh, and just <laughs> beat him, take his money. Like, it's really it's really base stuff. The guy's not known for his uh, his cunning and, and, and wit. Um, no. He doesn't have the aura of a, of a McGregor, uh, but it's the performances in the cage, mm. which, are, which are absolutely mind-blowing, Joe. Absolutely yeah. just... Freight trained everyone, made that made everyone look like, well, they've never fought Amateur. before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, you, there aren't enough superlatives for for those displays. I mean, it got to preposterous levels with the f- one punch first shot knockout of Gerald the vet Mearshart, the one who's really <laughs> gonna kind of let us sh- show us a bit more of Hamzat's game, Hamzat the wrestler's yeah. game, and then he puts him down with the first punch. That was crazy. I know, and I, do you know what was mad as well is that after that fight, then more people were going through his sort of previous fights and like, oh, this bloke's a kickboxer; he's not a wrestler. <laughs> like his his previous like fights in the regionals and you know fighting in Sweden and whatnot, he was a kickboxer. Like he was just knocking people out, and we saw that in the Mearshart fight. And do you know what's brilliant about that Mearshart fight as well? As for as long as it is, is that. Chimaev is just measuring him the whole time. It's not like he just comes in and throws like a lucky shot. That was not a lucky shot. That was a perfectly timed shot where he was waiting and he was just following him around and then he saw the moment and it was like, bang. He's out. And then there was... I mean, technically he landed four significant strikes, but the three after the first one were completely unnecessary. And then when Mirshark got up and it was a look of like, what just happened? Bro, you just got absolutely mollywopped and it wasn't even close like and then the leech one where like oh it's the leech you know he's tough like yeah maybe Chimaya will win but it's not going to be and then it's like just absolutely manhandled him it was terrifying really really just no one on his level at least so far and now we got Gilbert Burns what can Gilbert Burns offer Chimaev that is going to cause him problems. Well, it's like because the run has been so preposterous, I'm thinking about the fight and I'm thinking about just how good Burns is. The fact the guy's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, he's a real specialist. But all I can see is him being hurled around the cage <laughs> with uh, Edson Barbosa versus Khabib type look on his face. <laughs> I, I just can't see anything else because the run has been is, has been that crazy. You know, I'm mm. thinking about just how good Burns' defense is, his pressure. Uh, he's mm. found some good striking. Uh, mm. he, he doesn't he doesn't really get knocked out. He doesn't really get finished. He can take mm. shots. He can take punishment. He can defend off his back. Um, mm. But I, I'm all in, Joe. There's no way out yeah. for me. I'm, there's just yeah. no way out. No, I'm I'm all the way in. Um, should, should we lay down our prediction? Because I think it's going to be the same thing. Well, um, well be- just before we do, f- for the sake of uh, the for the record for the fans who are looking for a bit of insight, Burns, what's his game plan going to be? How does he his game this? plan? His game plan. Okay, so 
Uh, I'm going to talk about Shemaev just for a second to highlight something for Burns. Hamzat Shemaev recently, um, well, recently, last year now, he had a uh, freestyle wrestling match against Jack Hermanson, who is a freestyle wrestler. And Shemaev dominated At middleweight. Him. At middleweight. And Shemaev dominated him in the first round. And then in the second round, the output dropped massively. Like, significantly dropped. I think if Burns is going to win this fight, he needs to take this into the second round, second and third round. He's going to have to try and drag this fight out for as long as he can. If it gets to the ground, he needs to immediately start throwing up attacks. Immediately start throwing up some wild attacks, maybe even, like, up kicks. You know, he needs to make it, like, a place that Chimaev does not want to go. And then also, when he's on the feet then, he needs to be straight. One of Gilbert Burns' potential issues has been the fact that his shots tend to be quite wide. Like, if you think about the Damian Mayan win, he knocked Mayer down with, like, this sort of, like, weird sort of lead left-hand shovel hook sort of thing where he knocked Mayer down and then released a sort of, uh, I don't know if you... <laughs> like, almost like like he's beating Mayer like it was a drum, like, with his ground and pound. It was It was quite something. I think Burns, if it gets to the ground, he needs to make it scrambly. He needs to make it difficult for Chemayev to sort of get a grip of him and control him. And he needs to throw up attacks. He needs to then try and take this into the second round and maybe sort of start working towards, like, low kicks, aim for the knees, that sort of thing. That sort of uh, jiu-jitsu fighter sort of uh, leaping sidekick that used to be very popular back in the day. You know, the sort of... uh, I think it was called like a mule kick sort of thing where it's kind of like when they're bladed and then they sort of throw like a downward kick I, th- I think that's what he's gonna have to do he's gonna have to try and like slow Chimaev down and it's something that a lot of fighters fall into in that they headhunt as well I think Burns is gonna have to go to the body as well kicks to the body kicks to the body because I think he can be reckless with those kicks to the body because if Chimaev catches him and takes him to the ground and he's throwing up these attacks that might make Chimaev a bit more wary that would be, in my mind, the approach that Gilbert Burns has to take for this fight. What, what, what do you Jack, think? Well, I think what you're describing there, Joe, is exactly what none of uh, Chimaev's opponents have been able to do thus far. <laughs> and that's mount because, any sort of a defence. Because, because they're not Gilbert Burns. Because they're, not they're not a former jiu-jitsu world champion. Absolutely. They don't have the same options off the back. Um, they don't have the same yeah, c- capacity to mount uh, an offence off their back. Yeah. So... I think I think you're right, uh, and I did. I watched that freestyle wrestling event with Hermanson. Although I agree with you that he he dropped off Chimaev, I, I still felt like he won those later rounds. Um, yes, yeah, he definitely did um, purely from like a defensive standpoint because Hermanson had to keep going. He was down on points, so he was just kind of like throwing whatever he had. And Chimaev, yeah, he was comfortable in defense, but because they were both somewhat gassed out, but. I did think the output was noticeably lower. 100% uh, Joe. Uh, agree with that. So it's all about Burns then trying to make sure he stays in the fight, uh, does everything he can to wear on that that gas tank of Chimaev. And maybe there is an opening there that we haven't actually mm. got to see yet. I mean, if we get a sort of three-round banger out of this um, where Chimaev wins maybe and... But we see some flaws to his game that maybe Burns is able to highlight. Maybe the hype train might slow down a little bit. But I still 
I, I think that is Burns's best option. You know, we could be on for for a classic if it is like that. You know, like a Paolo Costa, Yoel Romero three round banger. You know, anyway, it's just like, oh man, I'll throw that on for fifteen minutes and that will that will entertain me for for quite a while just thinking about it. But yeah, I, I think that is Burns's um, r- route to victory. Joe, what have you got? I've got uh, Hamzat Chemaev to win by knockout in round one. <laughs> <laughs> My word. Yeah. My word. So... Yeah, I put, yeah, I put round one down as well. Like, right. That's, that, I, that's how sure of it I am. I, just, I think you're just going <sighs> to... Choo-choo, I'm on the train, mate. Like, I can't, I can't jump off now. Like, I'm shoveling coal in this engine. Like, it is just... I, th- I think Chemaev might wreck, wreck him. Like... Honestly, what do you, what have you got? <laughs> God, you look sad about it. I've picked Chimaev to win by decision. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Burns survives uh, where the leech was not able to. I think he gets through from that position. Mm. Um, and yeah, I looked at that that fight against um oh my god what a blank uh in the, the freestyle leech. no no oh, sorry. yeah that fight against jack Manson, yeah and um yeah i just wonder the threat that chimaev would carry mm. late onto the second into the third round mm. and what i took away from it i think i think burns gets out of that first round I think it's mm. a wearing first round for both fighters. And I think mm. going into the second, that momentum slows down. And suddenly, Jemayev likely with a, a round in the bank is, is, is not so wild and not so charged up to, to finish the fight. I think he is starts... This... Oh, go on. Oh, well, I, think he, I think he goes to manage the fight, Joe. That, that's, that's what I'm seeing. Um, is this something that you think will happen or you want to happen? Do you want to see this challenge for Chimaev? Or is it that you want to see him just run through Burns? I would just be so preposterous if he does. I don't know. Like When, when you see the things that we've seen, like I said, when I imagine the fight, when mm. I actually... I could, I could just see, yeah, like Chimaev kind of rotating Burns like a helicopter... <laughs> and everyone's like and spinning then, around and then like the cloud, yeah. uh, crowd all clapping and then like finish him and then like a super <laughs> or something you know I, yeah like because it's just been that preposterous jim has run so far um yeah yeah i don't want to be a reactionary and say like hold on we haven't seen him yet we are we're you know I, i'm i'm all in i'm all in yeah. um and that's why i've picked a guy with just 10 fights to beat Gilbert Burns, a vet mm. who's proven, who pushed Kumaru Usman, who's one of the greatest champs, wow. the greatest champ we've got right now, I would argue, at, yeah. in the UFC and he right rocked, now. And he rocked Usman. He rocked Usman as well. Burns, yeah, Burns caused him problems, you know? There were definitely yeah. moments in that fight where it, it kind of looked like it might go Burns' way. So, mm. yeah, you know, some... Some sanity has to prevail. The rational man, <laughs> the man of science, I've, I've gone for a decision win for Chimaev. If Chimaev knocks out Burns in round one, it, title shot, right? Oh, unquestionably. But yeah. but then, Joe, Leon Edwards. No, Leon Edwards, Leon Edwards has the next title Joe, shot. Joe, if you knock out Gilbert Burns in round one, 
Leon Edwards, sorry, mate. <laughs> you go no, back to Birmingham. Bro. You go no, back, man. Joe. You go back to Birmingham, and you sit and wait until Chimaev's done with Usman, and then you hang out with the Black Country banger and think <laughs> about what you think about what you have to face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All exactly. right, fair enough, fair enough. I, uh, I, 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 st- I still think Edwards gets the title. I, I mean, on, honestly, Joe. Come on, but look, come on, come on. Let's be no, serious. I'm telling you, if bro. He, if no. he freight trains Gilbert Burns, you're going to be like, oh, well, he has to wait for, for Leon. Yes, know? bro. Oh. Yes, he has to wait. Yes, he has to wait. Edwards has an incredible win streak at the moment. He, I'm sorry, man. He needs that title shot. Yeah, he's getting it. Dana's even said that he's getting the title shot next. I know what Dana says doesn't always go, but... I haven't seen it. Si- I haven't seen it signed. I haven't seen uh, it. I haven't seen do it you think that Dana's getting ready to do the dirty? <laughs> he's, he's getting ready. I'm telling you, if if Chimaev runs through Burns, we get to the post-fight press conference, and Dana's there like, "Well, we offered the fight to Edwards. He's not ready." Chimaev, he's right here. He wants to go. He wants the fight next week. We're going to be watching that. We're going to be watching Usman versus Chimaev, and rightly so, in my opinion. I'm sorry, Leon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really think you deserve it, but in that scenario, mm-hmm. it's got to be Chimaev. But if it's a decision win for Chimaev, mm. that's not enough. That's so not enough. you're saying a fight with Covington? Colby Covington. Colby Covington. Yeah. 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 I I totally agree. And uh, it's about, about time we saw more of these contenders fighting each other. You know, I'm not quite sure why Burns hasn't fought Covington yet. Yeah, that, yeah, well, it's because Covington doesn't want to fight contenders. He wants to fight Dustin Poirier. He doesn't want to fight Vincente Luque. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's why we're getting Mohamed Luque too. Like, just, just, also, I I feel like, by the way, if this goes to a decision and it's a scrappy fight, and you know Chimaev squeaks it, but you know he's slightly hanging on at the end or whatever, I feel like he falls behind the winner of Luque Mohamed. Then, in terms of the the rankings as well like I, I agree it should that's how it should be well not not Mohammed I think Mohammed wouldn't have done enough for me just to not not with taking but, Luke's win streak no no okay fair enough N- not for me I mean, but, we'll... but Luke yes if he beats Mohammed okay. again which I really hope he does I'm putting that out there for you right now Vicente mm. I really want you to win that fight please yeah me too um yeah yeah okay fair enough fair enough right well, let's talk about uh, maybe the most contentious rematch uh, that you can have in the UFC right now. Aljamain Sterling, the bantamweight champion, he is the bantamweight champion, is defending against the interim champion, Piotr Jan. When they last fought, just over a year ago, uh, Jan was defending his uh, title against Sterling, and he lost that fight to via disqualification. We will get to that in just a moment but Tom I have a question for you two questions I should say when was the last time you watched that fight um, it would have been close to the event itself so it's not fresh in my mind what is your memory of that fight my memory of that fight was a little bit country to the commentary team in that I had Sterling coming out on top in the first round, I remember that. Mm. He was really blitzing him, and Jan was taking his almost patented stance of kind of working out what was going on. Then it seemed to me that um, that Sterling noticeably started to wane as the fight went on, and I had uh, Jan winning mm. every round after that and, and working towards perhaps finishing Sterling. 
mm. before okay. knocking him down and Sterling taking a position, one knee down, and, and Jan just losing his head totally and yeah, kneeing him. Well, we'll get to that um, that DQ in just a moment. I rewatched the fight last week, and the first round is Sterling's best round, and I'm still not convinced he won it. He had a massive amount of output in which he was landing on Jan, but it was quite pitter-patter shots, really. It was just a, a hellacious amount of output. Landed a big knee, which slightly rocked Jan. But Piotr Jan, when he's in defence, his hands are up, protecting his head and whatever else, and everything was basically on the arms. Not much was landing clean. And Piotr Jan actually got a knockdown in that round. He knocked Sterling down with a combination. And got three takedowns, if I remember correctly, in that fight, in that round uh, as well. A couple trips. Jan got Jan, yeah. Aljamain Sterling attempted ten takedowns in that fight, if I remember correctly. And he got one in which he got about ten seconds of control time. Um, It was not a good performance from Aljamain Sterling in that fight. I remember watching it and thinking this is not going well for him and there was a moment I believe at the end of oh by the way Aljamain Sterling in that fight was one successful takedown for 17 17 attempted with one landing whereas uh, Jan was 7 for 7 Jan in that fight really put it on Aljamain Sterling and it was pretty severe beating from the third round onwards so the other thing i just i I just want to check in there and that that is that my recollection is also that people were quite dismissive of the way that sterling approached the fight they feel like he he kind of spent himself in round one uh and kind of maybe got caught up in the occasion to me if Mm. i'm coaching aljermaine sterling i'm watching tape on Petr Jan, hmm. I'm certainly not saying, all right, just go easy first round. You're going to need your gas tank later on um, hmm. because, you know, Jan's going to wear, he's going to get slower and you might get pull away in the later rounds. I, I, hmm. I'm looking at the two strengths and I'm thinking, yeah, Sterling, go in there, put it on him while he's slow, catch him while he's still working his way into the fight and maybe maybe you surprise him. I I, I felt like it was unjust, the criticism that Sterling got for going out there and actually doing, well, enough to contend for the first round, anyway. I I see what you're saying there. I see what you're saying. I think my issue with that, though, was that Sterling, I think he lost himself in that moment of the fight. And I think he should have had someone telling him slow down like when he when they realize okay the first two minutes have gone by he's unleashed a barrage of shots at this bloke and it's not really landing take your foot off the gas for a minute or two catch your breath because i think it was after the second round first or second round ray longo says to Algerman, ask Algerman sterling how are you feeling out there and Algerman sterling lets out a massive sigh of just like fucking i'm exhausted i'm absolutely exhausted i'm spent basically and he still has another two rounds to go. Well, what was left of that fight, anyway. Um, 
it, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I think there needs to be that awareness to be like, okay, I should step off the gas a bit, which is something, by the way, that Piotr Jan is so good at. I mean, do you remember the Jimmy Rivera fight for Piotr Jan? Not in specific detail, like broad okay. images. Me and, you actually, me and you actually watched it together, and uh, every <laughs> round was basically the same. Rivera and Jan would be sort of like trading and whatnot, lining each other up, and then the last 40 seconds of every round, Jan just put it on him. Just put it on him for 40 seconds, and he won every round that way. He got a couple knockdowns. That's just what Jan does. Jan has the ring awareness, at least, to know when to burst, when to put it on, you know, when it looks best, and when it will do the most damage. Because if you're going back to your corner after having just been knocked down, having just had it put on you, you might not be taking in what your coaches are saying to you. You might not be catching your breath fully. You know, whereas if you do it at the beginning of the round... And it's just like, okay, God, that was tough, right? Okay, I'm riding out this this minute here. Okay, I'm catching my breath. All right, I'm back to my corner. And okay, and then I'm going to start the second round. And I'm going to be good to go. It was just, I I just struggle. Joe, Joe you're not you're not you're not calling Petayana a fraud there, in that he just does enough to win the round in the last thirty seconds. Absolutely, I could could not be. I'm definitely not saying that. <laughs> you're saying he's <laughs> hoodwinking the judges with a crafty thirty seconds, and then no. No, uh, I I will say though, Pieter Jan um, pushes the rules to the absolute limit. Like in that in that Sterling fight, he headbutts him as well, and he headbutts him to get his move his head forward into a knee from Jan, and it's like okay. And if you look at Jan's record, his other loss was a DQ for headbutting someone. Jan is a dog, Joe. Yeah, like he you is... watch any tape on him, you listen to him talking about his upbringing in. Uh in just brutal <laughs> Siberia and right. it's just like man looked at my wife I crushed him <laughs> <laughs> you know there was a there was a bit in one of the embedded videos that like it, it cut me to my core where Jan was just like he will get in there and he will suffer and he will suffer for a long time afterwards and I was just like oh my god like this bloke is fucking I, he lives up to that no mercy nickname let me tell you listeners Jan, by the way, I, you know, he is... Let's talk about a DQ from the last fight as well. Um, Piotr Jan is, was the bantamweight champion. The referee said, grounded, opponent grounded, or grounded, as if Sterling was grounded and whatnot, and Jan threw that knee. Now, in the round before, Jan threw the exact same knee... But Sterling was in the almost in the exact same position, but his knees had just up. So Jan timed it perfectly, whereas this time he didn't. Jan knows the rules, or at least he should know the rules, and I'm sorry, but that was, frankly, all his fault. And Aljamain Sterling fucking milked it as well. That was, that was my main takeaway from that DQ. Um, I actually struggled to see any other take on that. Um, did he milk it uh, he got hit by an egregious outrageous shot that, yeah. that hampered his ability to go on with the fight um, and it, you know despite taking that knee he had the presence of mind to think hold on <laughs> if I keep the belt for a year Mm. Put the division on hold, get my neck fixed, train like hell, 
then mm. maybe maybe I can come back in here uh, and give Jan a proper fight. This and, was and in. he and, and Jan gave him license to do that, Joe. Uh, I mm. I I don't think you should become champion off of a knee like that. But let's say let's say that Sterling was winning the fight up to that point. Let's say that he was putting it on Jan, and then Jan mm. did that. Well, then you would call him the legitimate champ, wouldn't you? Uh, it might be that Sterling could have found a way back into the fight. Obviously, that seems preposterous. He was losing it. But I just think, yeah, you've got to disqualify Jan, and, and Sterling has to become the champ. I mean, I just... I, I, there was When I was watching it last week, I realised something, which was it was in the apex, and... Obviously, there's no crowd there. And Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier are saying at full volume, oh, if Sterling just stays there, he'll become the champion. (laughs) I'm sorry, bro. He fucking took a dive. He dived his way to the championship. However, he should not have been in that situation. The referee, by the way, did the absolute right thing of bringing the doctor in, checking him, and he was just like, this guy can't continue. He 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 was just like, Aljamain, how are you feeling? Whatever else, he was checking on him. Blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, no, I've got to stop this fight. Uh, um, you're saying that Sterling uh, acted then. He was he was just like, he wasn't hurt at all. He didn't take any damage. Of course he was, took damage. Of course he was hurt. But, bro, he was, he had three minutes to recover from it. Like, I, I, is that was that shot any worse, really, than no, if Jan had landed no. a head kick? No, no, no. But, okay, so are you saying then that Sterling should have fought on. No, and I'm not what, saying and, he should. And, 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 and Yard no, no, should no. have been penalised. A point. No, he, no, 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 no. He he's working within the rules. He's working within the rules, and so he shouldn't be penalised for it. It's a it's, sim- it's a similar with... as this. It's as similar as this show. Sterling was downed. The yeah. referee said downed opponent. I think that's exactly what he said. Yeah, yeah. took a moment. Paused <laughs> and like, cocked him full blown with a knee to the head. Like it's 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 not you know the sport does have rules. It's not yeah you're not not many route not home many from Siberia or whatever. Somebody's not looked at mm. your girlfriend the wrong way or whatever wherever that behaviour has come from. Um, yeah, I I think the referee has to intervene. I don't know how you deal with that. If you dock a point or two points from Jan, and then you fight it was supposed on, to, it should, no, no, no. It was supposed to be dock two points, mm. and then judges scorecard. Oh, immediately, because they'd done three rounds. Once you get oh. past the third round in a championship fight, you go to the judges scorecard. That is what they should have done. Well, in that scenario, if Sterling won that first round, then he would be the he would be the champ, would he not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the judges scored it. Well, if it was ten nine and then two ten nines for Jan, I naturally. think that would have been ten nine. If, if think, Sterling won the first round, no, no, that would no, that would have been. Uh, I think that technically would have been. I'm not sure how they where they would have taken the two points from, because I think it might. I think it might technically have been a draw then. If okay. if if, 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 if it had been that scoring, I can't quite remember the actual numbers. No, hold on. If Jan had won all three rounds. And he had the two points taken away, it would have been classified as a draw. But because Sterling won that first round, if they then took the two points, then Sterling still would have been the champion. 
I think, anyway, I think that's how the numbers we'll settle Anyway, it sorry. For, we'll settle it uh, on Saturday night. I know Jan is yeah. itching to do that. Yes. I mean, Joe, Jan is a screaming favourite here. I, I, I struggle to find an argument to make for Sterling. Mm. Are you going to surprise me? Uh, probably not, no. I'm going to go with a Piotr Jan uh, decision. I think Sterling will be able to take it that far. Um, he's got to he's got to improve those takedowns. He's got to he's got to improve those takedowns. This was something that really impressed me by watching Jan because I rewatched the Sandhagen fight as well. Jan, when he's in defense with the hands up and whatnot, he is also combining attack as well. So it's like if when he's got his hands up around his head in that sort of classic boxing stance. Basically, if you throw a straight punch, it's going to be blocked on the arms. So if you throw a hook, then he's basically just got a straight line to your head from there. And then also, if you throw if you throw it to the body, you're also opening your head up for just a straight shot from him. Also, if you go for a takedown, he can just post off of you like that with just one arm. His defense attack combinations are tremendous, and I just. Don't think Aljamain Sterling has the variety of attack on the feet to bother Jan that much. Cons- considering how good Corey Sandhagen is, and we both had that as the fight of the year, and that is the fight of the year, bro. That was the fight of the year last year. I just don't see Sterling having the skills and defense to stop Jan. And I think it could be quite a dominant decision as well. I, I don't think you can conclude anything else other than that. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. In that Sa- Sandhagen fight, uh, fight, just to just to draw on that, I mean, the end result of that was that Jan had the measure of him and was pulling away. Um, yeah. It, you know, yeah. you could watch five more rounds of that and I think Jan would yeah. win all it, five of them. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Which was, was truly amazing um there's not enough superlatives to describe Jan's all-around game really and I have mm. also picked him to win the fight um it's unbelievable by the way that Jan is less of a favorite oh. than Hamzat Chimaev to win the by fight the by yeah yeah to win the fight by oh. decision damn wow okay fair enough fair enough so we both picked Jan by decision I think that's to be honest quite an obvious one uh to pick Sterling's been away for a year. Yarnak has actually been training and had a fight in which he faced uh, Sandhagen, who had been on a good run, even though he had the loss to Dillashaw, which I still had Sandhagen winning. He won that fight. He won that fight. Right, main event time: Alexander Volkanovsky versus Chan Sung Jung, aka the Korean Zombie. And, Tom, I don't know if you know this, but the Korean Zombie is one of my all-time favourite fighters. I love the Korean Zombie. I am delighted he's getting a title shot. The Holloway third one can wait. Max, you can wait. You you fucking ducked it. And TKZ stepped in like the beast that he is. And here is let, my question. Oh, go on. Well, let me, let me, let me uh, jump right in there, Joe. Does the Zombie deserve this? Yeah, he deserves it. Of course he deserves it. What are you on about? Does he deserve it? Why Why wouldn't he deserve it? Well, see, no. Ranking, uh, ranking wise. Ranking wise, does he deserve it? Well, I think 
Uh, I don't want to upset you here, Joe, but I think I'm going to. You're not, but go on. <laughs> um, I feel like Zombie hmm. is overrated at rank f- at rank four. I, I, I feel... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like guys like Arnold Allen, Calvin Cater, what? Yeah, I feel like they're ahead of him. I, 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 I'm not seeing it. Zombies was absolutely demolished on the feet by Brian Ortega in Korea. In what was a sensational display by Brian Ortega? No, it wasn't. That was in. Uh, that was in. That was on Fight Island. Oh, oh, apologies. I thought it was in Busan. Yeah. I've got it in my. It was supposed to be in Busan. It was supposed to be in Busan, but then obviously COVID hit and yada yada yada. Anyway, go on. Well, it. It was an absolute demolition job, was it not? Uh, ooh, demolition job's a bit strong for me. It was Ortega landed that spinning elbow in the first, oh. and then oh. which was fantastic. Um, and then it was basically a sort of kickboxery sort of point fight sort of between the two of them. And I don't think Zombie even knew where he was because of that elbow. So. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously he, he deserved to lose that fight. But... He was knocked out by Yair Rodriguez. Oh, fuck off. He won that entire fight until the last second, so I'm not even including that. By another, I mean, just b- delicious shot. Um, yeah. And outside of that, you know, since coming back from injury, who's his biggest winner, Joe? you got Renato Moicano. Yes, in which he smashed him. The As... lightweight... As yes. everyone else has at featherweight, oh, all the big names. You got Frankie Edgar. Frankie yeah. Edgar, come on, Joe. Yeah. Frankie Edgar has been a punching bag the last few years. He's reached the end of his career, and then because you got of uh, Dan Ige. because of Dan, Dan Ige, Joe. Are you going to tell me Dan Ige is creme de la creme in featherweight, bro? Arnold Allen does not deserve a title shot ahead of the zombie because. W- I, I'm not. I'm not saying that Arnold Allen deserves a title shot. I'm just saying that that Arnold he Allen is more a, than he's a zombie. He's. A, no, I'm saying he's ahead of a zombie in the rankings. Maybe now after the hooker win, but this fight had already been arranged. So I'm sorry, bro. Like I'm not having that. Where? Where? By the way, where is Arnold Allen ranked? Arnold okay. Allen is ranked sixth. Uh, the okay. Korean zombie. Where is, is Calvin? Cater fifth. Well, then they're behind him. Like, what's what's the... Kayser just took wrong. a historic beating. He just took a historic beating off of Holloway. Who's ahead of the zombie? Joe, the zombie Who's took... Ahead a, of the zombie? The, the zombie took a historic beating against Ortega. He no, got... He didn't. He got it wasn't a historic beating. He got mashed. He lost every round. He did lose every round, but he wasn't he got mashed. absolutely mashed. No, he by wasn't. Bri- he got Bro, he outclassed wasn't. on the feet by Brian Ortega. Bro, by Brian no. Ortega. No, I'm not having that. So, Joe, I am sorry, mate. I know you love him, and of course, he has attained this status. And I, he's a true. The circumstances of this card requires the zombie to step in. Yair Rodriguez had just lost to Holloway, and he's lost clearly to Holloway. Ortega got fucking his shit filled in by Volkanovski. So, no, Holloway deserved the fight, but he pulled out due to injury. So zombie. So who is left to step in? Let me scroll. The zombie. Let me scroll down the rankings here. The zo- what? Fucking Josh Let's... Emmett when his knees had blown out. 
that's, that's, we could chuck in Tapuria. No, not Tapuria. But he's fifteenth, and he's a lightweight now, apparently. So. No, I, I'm saying I'm saying not to get you back up. No, I mean, look in the circumstances, okay, yeah. But when you look at the strength of competition and the resumes of guys at, for example, uh, welterweight, bantamweight, and you look at the names at the top there, the zombie would could not mm. be fourth. You know, he, he he's not he's not there. He's not there. He's but not. Doesn't that just tell you tell then telling them about featherweight then that featherweight is a bottom heavy division in that you have guys who are on the come up and then one or two the two guys at the very top and then you have like this sort of like middle class that are kind of not of their standard basically Joe just quickly Arnold Allen versus the zombie who you got a zombie <laughs> that's a wry wry smile creeping across your face there alright what about Chikadze Oh, zombie all day. What about... Um, uh, well, we've seen Yair. We know how that goes. What about... Kamikaze? Yeah, zombie wins. Zombie wins that fight. I'm zombie sorry, bro. Gets if they fight, if they fight again, zombie... Bro, uh, he won every second of that fight. And then he just... Because he's the zombie, he charged in. And Yair hit a one in a million shot. And I commend him for doing that. But he lost that fight up until the very last second. All right, in Joe. the same way that Rosenstroke, in the same way that Rosenstroke beat Overeem, I'm going to give you give you a minute, two minutes. Tell me how can Chan Sung Jung win this fight against Volkanovski? Okay, this is how Chan Sung Jung wins this fight. Now, Chan Sung Jung pre-military service was ten years well, ago. Lived up to now, it's not. Ten, oh, it is nearly ten years ago. Uh, anyway, it's ten years ago. Um, was a walk forward. I'm gonna take it. Take it to you. I'm gonna take shots, and um, I'm just gonna outlast you. You know, Mark Harmonic. I mean, that was seven seconds. So that's not anything. But Dustin Poirier, round four finish. And then he had the fight with Aldo, which some people were a bit down on Aldo for that performance. And Zombie was losing that fight, and then the shoulder injury happened, and then the fight was over. Fair enough. I personally had the Zombie losing that fight. Fair enough. Then he comes back. And he blitzes Dennis Bermudez. He then loses to Rodriguez, but we'll take that one out because he mostly won that fight. doesn't matter. <laughs> um, this zombie, by the way, is a lot more patient than the previous zombie. And I think this could potentially lead to a slight stalemate in this fight. Zombie likes to come forward. He likes to sort of edge his way forward and pick his shots now. He likes to have lots of space behind him so that if there is a takedown attempt... He's got sort of space to move back into. He's got really good takedown defense as well. Particularly when he's got like someone goes in on a single and he's got like one leg hopping back. I think Zombie is also really good at sort of reading his opponent's offense as well. If you look at the Moicano one, Moicano throws a left and Zombie has eyes on him the whole time and he lands this hellacious right coming from uh, coming from deep basically to a uh, knock. Moicano uh, to the ground and then the Dan Ige fight as well in which she just sort of controlled him quite easily and sort of cruised to a four rounds to one decision I think the zombie needs to make sure that this fight is fought and on his terms however as I said to you he needs this to be a methodical fight in which he can read his opponent 
The problem is, is that he's facing Alexander Volkanovsky, who could potentially be the best champion in the UFC when it yeah, comes I, to his striking. I, well, his, his striking is sublime. It, it is just layers and layers and layers upon it, which is just almost impossible to break down for people in the moment, unless your name is Max Holloway. By the way, listeners, and Tom, I had Volkanovski winning both of those fights against Holloway. Basically. Stirring the age-old debate again. Um, yes. <laughs> I... Yeah. I think this could be a potential stalemate, this fight. I, I think, I, unless, unless Zombie... If Zombie's down in the third round... You know, he's lost the first three rounds and he's just like, you know what, fuck it, I've just got to start going forward and start putting hands on this guy. If it gets to that stage, then maybe we could be in for something. But the way Volkanovski is and the way that he masks everything and the way that he reads his opponents, I think it could be a difficult one for the zombie. Joe, I think what you're saying, if I'm reading behind the lines there, is we're you're preying on a lucky shot for the for the zombie. Not a lucky shot. No. Let me let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. I think when people are we're talking about this fight and they're talking about uh, Chan Sung Jun's chance, they're talking about the fact that he does have no- knockouts on his record. He does have mm. heavy hands. He is the bigger man, um, and we yeah. know he can take a shot as well. When you say bigger, you mean height? Yeah, yeah. Because Volkanovski is a fucking shit house that have you, have you seen um, some of the embedded where he's just training in his room the guy oh, is, is oh he's wide yeah. he is wide he's, he's the thing is though yeah. the thing is though that um Volkanovski's height can also be in his favor so i know that when you you're the short fight and you're punching you've got obviously you've got further to go cuz you've got to punch upwards but what that benefits you is that when a guy's punching down, he also opens his chin up, basically, because he has to open himself up. Whereas if you're punching up, you've got your arm protecting your, your head. Oh, well, and your chin is tucked. It's naturally. tucked. Yeah. It's tucked. It's t- naturally tucked because you're having to go upwards. So that could make that will add to obviously him making him a harder target to land on. I think what what Zombie has to do is look at the first two rounds of the second Holloway fight and basically try and replicate that as best he can, and enter zombie mode basically and try and just put hands on him which he'll definitely have to do if he's losing this fight um tom do you want to oh i've got a couple questions here what is the best win for this division what do you mean by that the best win oh so, like so for the, out- for the future of the division yeah well uh Volkanovski's already talked about going up that's what he wants to do. We all know the stories about him back in his rugby days when he was 200 pounds plus. We know mm. the only loss on his record, 20 and 1, by the way, I think. Mm. 20 and 1. Uh, was to a 10 wel- wins in the UFC. Was to a welterweight, Joe. Wow. That's <laughs> insane. So he wants to go up to the lightweight, and oh my word. Like, you, you're talking about Volkanovski versus Poirier? Who, who, oh. are you le- who are you leaning for? Chandler? Yeah, well, oh my god. It's um, it's tantalising. So I Charles think, Oliveira? Yeah, I, that was my, my first thought. I, I, I mean, Volkanovski is so good. Um, so I'm all for that. And I'm a... As much as you're a Chan Sung Jung fan, I'm a Max Holloway fan. So I, I would like... 
I would like Volkanovski out of it. I don't want to see him beat Holloway again. I don't want to see another really... Oh, I do. I mean, it's a hell of a fight to watch. But um, mm. I think it is a bit of a blockage. It is a bit of a stalemate. The division is a bit stuck in the mud, as we've already referenced. So Volkanovski winning and then progressing up, I think, is the only way. Really? Uh, this is interesting. Yeah. Do you think if he wins and then goes up, he should go straight into a title shot? Yes. Yeah, I agree as well. I, I Personally, I think Volkanovski being the champion is the best thing for the division. Because if Zombie wins, I think you're, there's a justifiable reason for a rematch. Immediate rematch. And I think that would hold up the division as well. And also, there's just something about a guy standing at the top of the division and saying, I'm the fucking man who wants it. That I really love and particularly when it's guys who are this talented and it's like who is going to be the guy who figures him out um if volkanovsky wins this fight is he the second greatest featherweight of all time <laughs> this conversation coming round again uh, after holloway just, for, was, just a quick was, just a quick thought was kind of crowned and then like over the years has kind of had that crown well, he was crowned, taken away. He was crowned as the greatest featherweight of all time, yeah. which is bollocks yeah. of the highest order. Um, I mean, the accolade I'd want to give Volkanovski right now is that, you know, Kamaru Usman is the most dominant champ we've got. He's mm. the man, I've already said that. But Volkanovski's next for me. I've got Volkanovski ahead of Adesanya, for example. Yes, yeah, sir. And... Um, and a win here further cements that I, I fully expect him to go and win this fight. I'm going to say it right now, Joe. Volkanovski, by the way, the biggest favourite on the main card. Is he? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh... And, and, and I think rightly so, personally. Yeah. I think... Uh, yeah. And now this is really saying something. You take up the defence of this if you want, Joe. I think this is a tougher ask for um, the zombie than beating Petr Yanis for Sterling. <laughs> that's how oh. I see this fight. That's how that's that's how I'm seeing this fight. You know what? I, I will I will give that to you based purely on how good Volkanovski is. And the fact that he's beaten Holloway twice. You know, I th- I there, there I think I will I'll I'll give that to you. Because I think Volkanovski, by the way, his pressure, even on the ground, because it's like when he's above you, it's not just that like he's rain he has like this sort of like body pressure that he puts on you where if you're trying to like pivot off of him he puts so much weight on your shoulders the dude is a it's cube, so hard to get he's a cube yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, just he's, <laughs> he's outrageously powerful little he's a power dwarf he's you know anyway power dwarf wow <laughs> power dwarf <laughs> volcanoski wins by the show, show me the power dwarf division uh let's uh let's go right uh yeah volcanoski by decision for me this is i i love the zombie I love the fact that this is this is going to be his last title fight. Dare to be great, zombie. Dare to be great, and uh, I just you know what I think this could be potentially a stalemate. But if zombie goes into that mode, could be on for a classic here. Could be on for a classic. We'll see what um, how that turns out on Saturday. I mean, Volkanovski he likes a scrap. He he does like. To oh, he bang. loves it. He, he, he loves it. He is. He loves it. He's an absolute geezer. Um, <laughs> You know, he could be your next door neighbour, but he's not. He's the featherweight champion of the world. He could be just yeah. some lad down at, at the, you know, the 
the yard, the brick house, yeah. the, 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 the site. He could be a labourer, yes. but he's not. He's the featherweight champion of the world. And if Zombie wants to go, Volkanovski yeah, you... will indulge him. Yeah, so he will. That do you remember fun. the Do you remember the the Mendes fight for Volkanovski? Yeah, Mendes it was a bang, yeah. and Volkanovski was like, "Let's go." And <laughs> it was great. That, and in that, Mendes did land a couple of shots. You know, he did. Now, he did. Now, Volkanovski, the little lad, box he is. He just shrugged it off. But you know, of course, when you're fighting that kind of fight, only men like Co- uh, Cody Garbrandt know it just takes one shot. Joe, you know? when the mist mm. comes down, when you're swanging. Even the best can get caught. So I do hope there's a bit of that. It's not just a comprehensive domination mm. without winning any rounds 10-8, like a kind of, you know, 50-45, sure. which is what I'm expecting. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's very quickly, let's talk about the prelims. What is a fight that stands out for you on these prelims? Well, we made reference to Ian Gary, one fight into his mm. UFC career. He's headlining the prelims. Madness. He, well, I think the UFC might have plans for this boy. Yeah. Uh, I, I I agree. I think he's uh, a skilled fighter. He's uh, ended up at Sanford MMA, uh, which is training under Henry Hooft, where Michael Chandler fights out there, Gilbert Burns, Kamaru Usman trained there for a long time. By the way, Usman was training with Burns for this fight. He was. I've, he was. I've seen. I've, mad. I've seen that with the headline like, "Terrified Usman," <laughs> you know, prepares Burns <laughs> to remove challenge of Chimaev or whatever. Yeah. I think that's. They are training partners. I think that's natural. I don't yeah. know. I, I can't say I'm so hyped for Ian Gary right now, but go out there, son. Keep it going, Paddy Pimlet style. Yeah. You, you can win us over. Um, yeah. I guess the fight for me that I'd pick out, and it would be without a star on it, not with any exclamation drawn under it, but the only other kind of high-level fight here would be high-level. I mean, noteworthy would be Tabula yeah. versus Rosenstreich. Yeah, it's, can Rosenstreich start to rebuild his streak? You know, let's let's see if he can do that. I mean, personally, yeah. I've got Tabula. I, I think, I'll go with Rosenstreich for that one. I, I think he's more... Uh, well-rounded striker. Joe, let's get on to the news. Let's get on to the news. We'll go through it very quickly. Curtis Blades, a couple of weeks ago, uh, smashing Chris Dorcas. Brother, don't need no uh, wrestling. No, he was just like, I'm just going to fucking bang this fucker out. It was brilliant. <laughs> uh, and then I love, by the way, Cormier trying to stir shit afterwards, going like, Miocic is here, and Blades turning around. And I love Curtis Blades. I will forever be a Curtis Blades guy. And... The fact that he's got a speech impediment and he stammers a little bit. And instead of talking shit, he's just like, Stipe, I respect you so much and it would be an honour to share this cage with you. And it's like, I love that so much. That is like, that is Curtis Blades to a T for me. Which is, he's not going to pretend to be some fucking Hollywood star style, you know, shit talker. He's going to go about it his way which is, I'm going to get you in there and smash you. And, uh, yeah, I would be very much up for that. And apparently they do used to spar together as well, didn't they? Well, they have sparred. Yeah, I mean, good on him. I think there are other matchups for Blades there as well. I mean, he's he's right he's right there. He's right there. Um, mm. I think this was a pretty catastrophic loss for for a, another up-and-comer there um, in Dorcas. He's, 
yeah. Should, shouldn't have taken he, a fight, Joe. You don't, you don't fight blades. Avoid blades. No. Come on. Yes. Yeah, you, you try to avoid him at all costs. Dorcas now in that sort of Tui Vassa stage of when uh, Tui Vassa got initially cut, just like, eh, maybe you should uh, slow down a little bit. The, yeah, the hype, um, the hype train derailed, Joe. Uh, flyweight title contender appearing in Kaikara, France with a win over Askar Askarov. What a uh, fight, Joe. Time. What a fight. What I a... loved this. I loved it. I loved this fight as well. So I loved this. The thing is, Kara France, I guess he'll always be a perennial just underdog. I, I, I always pick the other guy. And, yeah. um, and Askarov has been pretty impressive, pretty dominant. Um, again, with that kind of Sambo, top-heavy game. Another man mm. at the do- the, um, the Caucasus. You know, mm. We've seen it a million times over. We've referenced the likes of Chimaev, Khabib. Mm. Um, and went in there and was just all over. Cara France in round one, uh, mm. close to choking him out, took a triangle on his back, and then Joe round two. My God, what a what a yeah. momentum shift! Yeah, where sud- where suddenly, I mean, just to just to sum it up for those who didn't see it, um, Cara France he was able to fend off a couple of takedowns, and then he started letting them hands go. Uh, Askarov's mm. face. <laughs> his expression just changed totally, and yeah, he didn't was, like it. He did not like that at all, and and suddenly there was very risky for Askarov to put that pressure on to shoot to get in. And Kara France mm. was ready for him by the cage. He was ready uh, for Askarov. Great fight, and uh, well, well done to Kara France. A big upset for me, and he should be fighting for a belt next year. Yeah, next title shot for me. Uh, Drop the Moreno fight. Go straight to Figueredo. Figueredo says he wants the Cara France one because he doesn't want to um, reward Moreno after uh, he was racist towards him. And uh, fair play for Figueredo for taking that stand. No, seriously though, like if he's interpreted as what he said as being racist, he's not going to fucking reward him, is he? Like, what? What? Remind me, Joe. What was that that he said? Basically, uh, there was an Instagram thing where Moreno and his crew were playing around with some filters, and they were. Uh, putting them to some pictures and whatnot, and then there was one of Figueredo, and they put one of a monkey over Figueredo's face and laughed, and um, it was quote an accident. Uh, to which I say, why were you laughing then? Um, and Figueredo doesn't want to reward him for that. That's not, you know, he doesn't want to give not, him the not title. Not in good shot. taste. Not in good taste. We no, it's not in good taste. We don't like that. I no, mean, I don't like that at all. Cara France, right now, Joe. What a what a run. What a run. First, he knocks out Bonterine. Which is, by the way, he was not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> no, no, no chance. Do you remember that fight as well, how mad that was? Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely do. And then there was like the misunderstanding between the two of them where Bonterine thought that Cara France was like, uh, like taunting oh, no, him Cara after France, the win. No, no, Cara France didn't realise that the fight had been... He thought the fight wasn't over, so he ran back in to give another shot. And then like, yeah, 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 the ref's yeah. like, no, it's just like... Bonterine's like, what the fuck? Like, he just punched me again. <laughs> so, um, which was uh, funny. And then, obviously, the knockout of Garbrandt. Of, um, R.I.P. Cody. Yeah, piss off to uh, the regionals, brother. So, um, yes, indeed. Right, I'm going to mention something, Tom, that you have no interest in. <laughs> so, this past weekend, uh, it was uh, WrestleMania weekend. And uh, I watched it. Watched both nights, two nights of WrestleMania, if you can uh, imagine such torture. Uh, for me, it was torture as well. It wasn't particularly good. Um, my main takeaway from this 
is that I still wish the UFC did proper entrances mm. and it wasn't just walkout. There was there was one there was one match in particular between two women where they had full blown mega walkout entrances and it made everything feel that much bigger. Now, I know it really wouldn't suit some fighters th- these sort of entrances, but I'm just imagining Curtis some Blades. fights. Curtis Blades versus Miocic, bro. You two just walk out there and fucking swang and bang. Like I'm, that's all I want. But you know, let's say you had. Piotr Jan versus I don't know TJ Dillashaw or something you're not going to put on a bit of razzmatazz for that like those two couldn't live up for that sort of thing make it a bit more hype USA versus Russia yeah is that Come what you're saying Petr Jan coming out to the old Soviet Union anthem the Red Guard Bro. marching next to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly something like that you know or you know Adesanya if he faces you know I don't know, maybe Alex Pereja, you could do, like, some cool entrances. I'm not saying that every fight deserves these sorts of things, but, like, I sometimes just wish, and particularly when I watch Pride shows back, and I'm just like, these, every, you know, guys were getting, like, these really cool entrances, and people were really getting into it. I don't know, like, I still are, wish that the UFC did the proper entrances. Are we saying, like, Adesanya in Australia? Yeah, but I'm saying more. I'm oh, saying more full... than that. I say full stage, everything like that. But I know oh, why wow. they don't do it, which is you lose seats. You have to lose seats to do that. And it's like the UFC want to optimize every single seat possible. They want guys just to go out straight away, keep the show rolling. But yeah, I'd like a little bit more razzmatazz every now and again. So uh, I'm pretty sure I could sign up for that. Because I think about, yeah, I think about Adesanya in Australia, obviously... I still mm. look back at Connor at the garden, you know. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It, it 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 builds. It really it really adds to the occasion, the atmosphere. You could feel the crowd. Oof, it's it's delicious. But, so okay, but like there are certain fighters who really could live up to those entrances, like we're saying Connor and Adesanya. But people like Joanna, you know, people who can really sell an entrance and whatnot. And it's just like, might force their opponent to sort of like open themselves up for a bit more personality. Like, these are things that sell people, you know. Masvidal? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Covington? Yeah, like, these are yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Damien totally Meyer? sell like an entrance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was the story, by the way? Was it Machida, the entrance that, uh, that, that made you cringe. Uh, he was coming out to Game of Thrones theme tune. No, but what was the story? Was it you telling your missus, you're like, I love this guy, he's the best, you got to watch him. And then he came out to the Game of Thrones scene, we're like, oh my God, like, <laughs> yeah, this yes. is not what I wanted. Yes. yes. Still disappointed yes, about that, Leoto, but I've forgiven you. Anyway, uh, listeners, we're going to uh, just run through the picks just quickly. Uh, Pichel versus Madsen. I think we both went for Madsen by decision. Uh, we did. Uh, Dern versus Torres. Tom, what did you pick? I picked Tisha Torres by decision. I went Mackenzie Dern by submission. Burns versus Chimaev. Uh, I went for Chimaev knockout round one. Rational has prevail. I went Chimaev by decision. And then Aldermain still in Piotr Jan. Both went for Jan by decision. And Volkanovski versus Korean Zombie. Uh, both went for Volkanovski by decision. Listeners, thank you for joining us for this mega episode 
Um, <laughs> it was never my intention to go nearly this long, but fuck it, we did. Because those top three fights, much like L'Oreal, because you're worth it, because <laughs> you deserve it, whatever the fucking tagline is. Sorry, my language on this episode has been appalling, and I must apologise for that. We're going to Joe... get that like, little explicit little tag, Joe, like look, a Limp Biscuit album. You've lost, I don't know how many in a row now. You're on tilt. You're in a bad place. I forgive you. I know. I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Tom, uh, I will speak to you next week. Um, and I can't wait to lord my victory over you. Mackenzie Derby submission, man. That's an easy two points right there. Uh, this is getting like uh, Meatball Molly versus, what's her name? Andrage. Uh, what was her name? Not Andrage. Thingy. She's dead now. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, listeners, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Yes, and uh, we'll be back next week to break down this card after the fact. And uh, yeah, Tom, speak soon.